like it or not, whether you believe it or not or know it or not, whether you're listening, God is talking. God is talking. And he wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak primarily to you. You came, and I hope you, I hope you didn't come just to do church. I hope you didn't come just because somebody, uh, 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 you know, bribed you to come. I hope you came this morning for God to speak to you. Because if, if, if you're listening, he's talking. Say amen. So I want you to do this. I want you to be listening. What is that one thing? What is that one thing that stands out in this message? What is that one thing that you can say, you know, God spoke to me about that right there. Take that and bring it up in your life group. There's a time of discussion in your life group. And when we get to that question, hey, what, what stood out in the message today? I want you to say, let me tell you what God showed me today. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So be, be paying attention. And, and it, it helps. It helps to have uh, a piece of paper and a pen. Because if you got a mind like mine, uh, by the time they say, in Jesus' name, amen, you forgot your thoughts. Amen. So if your memory is as bad as mine, it helps to write stuff down. All right? Matthew chapter number 26. Matthew chapter number 26, verse 74. Verse 74, all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 74. We, we are at the place where Jesus has been arrested. Jesus has uh, been arrested. Uh, Judas has come, kissed him on the cheek, betrayed him. Uh, they've taken him. Uh, Peter was warned by the Lord, you're going to deny me. He said, no, I'm not going to deny you. There's no way I, I love you more. Uh, I, I'm not going to deny you. I'm ready to go to prison even to death. I'll die for you. I'm never going to deny you. Guess what he did? He denied him. Three times before the cock crew, he denied him. The Bible says in verse 74, are you there? Say amen. Then began he to curse and to swear. Now, a lot of people call cursing swearing, but what, what, now he, he, he cursed, but the swear there means taking an oath. In other words, if a man is at court and he puts his, his hand on the Bible and uh, says, raise your right hand, I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but, he's making an oath. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He said, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know the man. I don't know him. Verse 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and what? He went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this good crowd this morning. I pray that you'll please speak to us now. Lord, they've been encouraged to listen, and they're, they're opening up their ears right now. They're forgetting about tomorrow. They're forgetting about what they need to do after church. And, Lord, for about 30 minutes, they're going to focus on you and listening with an ear to hear. And Lord, I pray that you'll speak to their heart. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Peter is, is such a cool Bible figure. Uh, he he has he has issues like everybody else, but he has initiative that most people didn't have. Peter Peter was the type of person who was on the mountaintop one moment and in the valley the next. How many of y'all feel like life's that way sometimes? It seems like at one moment in your life, at one time in your life, everything's going great, everything's going right, 
Uh, everything's clicking just the way it needs to go. Uh, 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 the, the kids are, are well. Uh, the job's going okay. The bills are paid up so far. I mean, nothing's perfect, but everything seems to be going like it's supposed to go. And it seems like out of the blue, out of nowhere, the car breaks down, the kids get sick, uh, your, your, your spouse gets mad at you, and the boss calls you. And, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Here one minute, there the next. Peter is in the glory one minute. He is on the Mount of Transfiguration, seeing deity come out of humanity, seeing the glory of God. And then, listen, in the next moment, he's having a bad day. We see, we see in chapter number 16, uh, Jesus confronts him and says, Who do men say that I am? You know, it's very important. It's very important that you know who Jesus is. Are you all with me? It's really, listen, it doesn't matter what the world thinks of Jesus. It doesn't matter what the lost think of Jesus or what sinners think of Jesus. What matters is what do you think of Jesus? Because you're not going to get to heaven on your mother's religion or your father's religion or what your father thinks about Jesus or what your mother thinks about Jesus. What will you do with Jesus? And he says, who do men say that I am? And he says, and Peter speaks up because that's just who he is. That's what, that's what he's going to do. Uh, he speaks up and he said, he said, we believe thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And man, Jesus is tickled with his response. He said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. Unto thee I give the keys to the kingdom. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. I mean, things are looking great. He has got potential. He has got the keys. Jesus begins to tell them about what's going to take place and that he's going to be crucified. He's going to be uh, betrayed and he's going to be treated horribly. And, and <laughs> Peter responds, uh-uh, not so, Lord, not so. There's no way. We're not going to let that happen to you. And you know, what, you know what Jesus tells him? Get thee behind me. One moment, he's got the keys. Two verses later, now Jesus is calling him Satan. Talking about an up and a down. Are y'all with me? I'm just trying to set the table here so you understand the way this man's life has been his whole life. Because so many of us, we have those ups and downs and we think, we think we're just weird. But guess what? That means you're normal. But this particular down was different. This particular valley was different than all the rest the bible says when this took place in his life he went out and wept bitterly some scholars believe and and they teach that this is such a bitter and a a, a broken spirit that his tears dried up in other words in other words he cried to the point he had no tears anymore have you ever been there has your failure ever been to the point or your situation ever been to the point or the tragedy in your life has ever been to the point you cried and you cried and you cried and, and you just could not believe that this was taking place. You could not believe that you were going through this and you wept bitterly. And you were so broken over your situation. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life I've been broken. Peter is sitting here in disbelief. Peter is sitting here in shock. 
cannot even believe that this has happened. Cannot even believe that he's denied the Lord. I mean, you got to understand, he was in the he was in the room when 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 the when when the the person was dead, and Peter, James, and John went in with Jesus, and and Jesus called them back to life. He was in the presence of God and Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He walked on water. How in God's name could I go from that person who's got the keys and has got potential and has got Jesus bragging on him to weeping bitterly? How did I get here? Have you ever been there? I want to do two things. I want to do two things today. I want to teach you a little bit, and I want to encourage you a little bit. Now, my nature is to encourage you a lot because that's just the way God designed me. He, he, he gave me the gift of exhortation, and, 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 and I, I want to encourage, I want to lift up, I want to fix what's broken, I want to do it. But, but sometimes we need the teacher to put the teacher's hat on and say, look, this is how we got here. What was it? What path? What path did Peter take? Now, follow me. Stay with me because I, I, this is going to be good. This is going to help somebody. What path did Peter take that landed him in the valley of brokenness? What did he do? What was in his life that, 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 that was so significant that it brought Peter, who had potential, who had Jesus bragging on him, who Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom to? What, what path, what steps did he take? What was in his life? that caused him to be broken? I believe we can find the answer to the first thing in Matthew chapter number 16. If you go back to Matthew chapter number 16, 10 chapters before where you are now, uh, you will find out that Jesus in this same, this same situation that I've been quoting, when he said, who do men say that I am? And, and he, he says, thou, thou art the Christ. And, and he said, okay, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And, 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 and then he begins to tell them, he begins to tell them, look, uh, I'm going to die. This thing's not going to turn out good for me. When we get into Jerusalem, they're not going to give me a crown and the key to the city. They're going to give me a crown of thorns and they're going to hang me on a cross and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. This is not going to end well. Well, Peter just couldn't take that. That was, just, that was just more than he could handle. He said, no, no, far be it from thee. No, no, this is not going to work. That's not going to happen. And y'all know Jesus' response. He said, listen, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me or an obstacle. You're trying to keep me from doing the will of God in my life. And then this is what he says, and this is what I need you to get. The Bible says in, in, in chapter 16, in verse 23, he said, he turned to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me. Now watch, here it is, here it is. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Do you know what he was saying? What led him to the place of brokenness? First, his own desires. His own desires. Preacher, what are you saying? The word savorous there means to think upon, to desire, to focus on. In other words, he's saying, look, all you care about are the things that men care about. All you care about are the things that happen on this earth. You don't care, you don't think about the will of God in your life. 
And because of that, you've got a problem. You've got great potential. You've got a great design for your life. But the problem is you care more about what you want than what God wants. And how many times, how many times do we get in trouble in our life? Because we're like Peter. Peter wanted the simple way out. Peter wanted Jesus to walk into Jerusalem and kick the Romans out of Jerusalem and set up these thrones so he could sit on the throne. He wanted Jesus to have the crown. But what he did not realize, you can't wear a crown of gold till you wear a crown of thorns. And you'll never have resurrection power till you understand the sufferings and the death of Christ. You'll never rule and reign till you learn to die in surrender. Boy, Peter wasn't about all that. He didn't want to hear all that. He didn't want to hear about the will of God. He didn't want to hear about the plan of God. you got to understand, it was the plan of God for his son to suffer. It was the plan of God for his son to be betrayed. It was the plan of God for his son to be crucified. It was the plan of God for him to go to an old rugged cross and die for the sins of mankind. It was God's will that that happened, and Peter didn't want to hear it. How many times in our life, Does God have a plan for our life? And he says, I want you to turn right. And all we care about is our own ideas. All we care about is our own plans. All we care about is our own desires. All we care about is our own dreams. And God has to do this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've tried to tell you, but but go ahead. It's kind of like the husband and wife. Well, honey, I'm going to do this, and this is what I want to do, and this is the way it's going to be. And she says, go ahead. Now, now, gentlemen, let me help you out with something. You may not have meant to learn this, but you're going to learn this. That is not permission. If you will look that up in the woman's handbook, that is a dare. I'm preaching this morning, ain't I? Amen. Go ahead. You think you're so smart? Go ahead. You see, sometimes sometimes God will let you get what you want. But you'll find out you don't want what you get. How many times have, have you gone to God? Because I know I have. But God... But God, I don't, I don't want it. Or God, I want this. And instead of, I go ahead, go ahead, go that direction. Go ahead. And I, every time, I'm telling you, every single time without fail, when I went with my way, I always ended up broken. When I did what I wanted, I ended up broken. His own desires, his own desires led him to the place of brokenness. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Not only that, but number two, we see his desires, but number two, I want you to write this down, his disregard. You see, Jesus was so concerned about Peter, he said, he said, look, you're, 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 I know your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. You, 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 got, you, you need to understand something. Satan's after you. Satan is after you. He says, listen, he says a roaring lion. He's seeking you. He desires to have thee. Are you, do y'all understand that you have an enemy that desires to destroy you today? 
He desires to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. But thank God it says, I have prayed for thee. Now watch what he says. Mark chapter number 14, verse 30. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, I'm talking about tonight, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently. This is Peter. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. He got mad. Jesus was trying to help him. Jesus was trying to tell him the truth. Jesus was just trying to be a blessing to him. And he got mad. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in my office and people come and ask my advice and then get mad when I give it to them for free. Now I can understand if I was charging you. Are y'all with me? I don't know whether it's my age. I don't know what it is, but but listen, let me tell you something. If you don't want to know, you best not ask. Y'all with me? And how many times does God try to tell us, look, this is not going to turn out good. This is not a good decision. The direction you're going is a disaster. If you keep on going that direction, and what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? We get mad. But you just don't know. You just don't understand. No, he just spoke you into existence, but he don't know. He dug with his own hand into the dirt and made you and formed you and breathed into your nostrils the breath of life, and you became a living soul. He knows every hair on your head and every thought in your mind, but he don't know. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm preaching to me too, and I'm hard-headed, so i got to get loud sometimes. Because I'm, I'm that person that just gets in God's grill and says, but you just don't understand. I know y'all are a whole lot more spiritual, and y'all don't never argue with God. But there's been times I just, come on, Lord. Am I, am I preaching to anybody today? And you see, the man of God will get in the church of God and open the word of God and speak to the children of God just what the word says. And we get Now listen, here's, here's the thing I need you to understand. We're not coming into this building because we need a hobby. I could go fishing. Hey, I went... I was able to go fishing this weekend. I don't ever get to do that, but I was able to. And, and, and I got the fish marks to prove it. Battle wounds and scars. We come all the way in fifth place. Say amen. Yeah, come on. Give me a little praise right there. Hey, them guys that do it all the time and they're real good about it, they were disgruntled for first and second and third place and fourth place, and I was the proudest dude on the planet, fifth place. <laughs> Chad let me carry the, the fish bag up there, and, and I was. You'd have thought I'd won Bassmasters yesterday. I was so excited. It was unbelievable. 
Now listen, in all these times, in all these places, God knows. God knows. He knows what we need. He knows who we are. He knows what we like. He knows what we don't like. And then when he tries to help us, we act like he don't know. Let me tell you the difference between you and God. You can't see tomorrow. He can. Y'all with me? Peter, you're going to deny me. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me. Uh-uh. Now, before we get so mad at Peter and so, so critical of Peter, aren't we just the same? We come in here and God speaks to us. We, we don't come in here, like that's the point I was trying to make, we don't come in here because we need a hobby. We could be fishing right now. We could, be, we could be golfing right now. You could be shopping. You could be doing that. What are we doing here? So God can talk to us. So God can help us. So God can strengthen us. Because guess what? The devil's waiting on you. The devil's waiting outside those doors with fangs dripping and drooling, wanting to hunt you down and destroy you. But there's a God who's praying for you. And he's in this building trying to help you stay away from him. Don't disregard his word. Bless God, if the shoe fits, put it on. Amen? Because if you don't, if you don't, I promise you, you're headed to being broken. Broken. His desires led him to brokenness. His disregard led him to brokenness. Then watch this, number three. His distance, say that with me. His, his distance led him to be broken. His, this is a verse that's really significant. Matthew 26, 57 says this. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Now watch this, watch this. But Peter followed him, but Peter followed him afar off. There was a day that Peter walked beside Jesus. There was a day that Peter was close to Jesus. There was a day that he was in the presence of Jesus. There was a day that he could hear, he could hear the words of Jesus without even straining. He was walking so close to Jesus. There was a time that he was so close but because of his disappointment he's following afar off you know what I found out in life when I start following afar off it's because I've been disappointed something didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out and it's not that we blame God but I think sometimes subconsciously we want to get back at him Is that right? Is that the way this is going to turn out? Is that the way this is going to happen? Well, that, all right, then fine. Now, I may, I may just be preaching to me because I know this is what happens in my life. I, I know this, but, but you, you think that might happen with you too? God didn't answer the prayer we asked in the way that we asked it. God didn't intervene soon enough in our situation. God didn't change or fix this, what we asked him to fix, in the way that we asked him to fix it. So, okay. 
and it creates a distance between us and God. I can trace every time, every time, every single time I got stupid and caused me to be broken by making foolish decisions in my life. And I find myself in that point of brokenness. I can look back, and it wasn't necessarily the action that I took in the heat of the moment as much as it was the activity between there and here where I begin to drift from God. I begin to not read like I should read. I begin to not speak to God like I should speak. I begin to not worship God. I I, I may have slipped up on my fellowship with him. I may have slipped up on my relationship maintenance with him. And I begin to follow afar off. You miss church here and there. You, you, you skip your Bible reading. Uh, you, you're just not as concerned about it as you're just not as excited anymore. Well, it's, it's not that big a deal. Hey, it's just, you know, it's just church. Well, we can be here. And we start slipping and slipping and slipping to the point one day we wake up in a puddle of tears, broken saying, how did I get here? How did I get here? Disregard and distance. Well, preacher, I'm, I'm just about in a depression. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that Jesus, you know, most, most, most broken things are discarded. Most broken things are thrown away. But aren't you glad you serve a God who loves broken things? Let me give you this last part right here. Let me give you this last part right here when it comes to how Jesus treats broken things. What did he do with Peter? He could have kicked him out of the club. Hey, he could at least demoted him. Okay, you're not in the inner circle no more. You're you're with the other ones. You're, you're, not, you're not close no more. You're, you're still on the team, but you're not pitching no more. Say amen. I told you so. I told you, but no, you wouldn't listen to me, you hard-headed scoundrel. I knew you'd do it. I tried to tell you you would do it. Serves you right. Jesus didn't do that. You see, three days. Peter went through hell on earth. Three days, the last image in Peter's mind before the Lord died and suffered on a cross was the moment of his denial. According to the Gospels, the Bible says that he looked at Jesus and Jesus looked at him. And all he could remember was that stare. All he could remember was that glare from Jesus. All he could remember is that Jesus saw him and what he did. After all that Jesus had done for him, after all that Jesus had brought him through, after all that Jesus meant to him, I denied him. Three days while Jesus is in the ground. How would you like the last thing for your loved one to know is you denying him before they die? He's going through three days of torture, three days of frustration, three days of fear of what God thinks about him, three days of thinking it's all over. Three days of brokenness. But on the third day. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene and her crowd. Went to the tomb. To try to bring the spices there. And they found the tomb empty. 
Now, there's enough preached right there for three days. Say amen. But they found, I, but they found the tomb empty. And there was a young man, a messenger beside it, with a, with, dressed in white. And he said, now, I know what you came for, but he ain't here. I know what you're seeking, but he's not here. You, now, but he did leave me a message to give you. He, he amen. He said, Chad, he said, he said, I need you to go tell the rest of the disciples that he is risen, he is not dead anymore, that he did just what he said he would do. And hey, 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 and by the way, tell Peter. You know why he did that? Because Jesus knew Peter thought it was over. Jesus knew Peter was, he thought he wasn't on the team anymore. He thought Jesus hated him. He thought that Jesus was done with him. But Jesus remembered Peter. He said, tell Peter, everything's going to be all right. I know you've been through three days of hell, but everything's going to be all right. Death has come, but so has resurrection. Everything's going to be all right. And I'm glad I'm glad in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our failure, when everybody else thinks that God is through with us, he will remember us. Amen. Jesus remembered him. Number two, Jesus, he refreshed him. He refreshed him. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Y'all remember what happened with Peter? You remember what happened? He got disappointed. He got discouraged. Listen, he done denied the Lord. He thought, well, dear Lord, I wasn't a good Christian at all. I ain't, I ain't no good at this. I know he thinks I have potential, but I couldn't even, me I, I messed everything up. I'm going back to do what I used to do. Y'all with me? He went back to fishing. Do you know what we do when we get discouraged with God? We go back to do what we used to do. People get out of church. They go back to drinking. They go back to running around. They go back to what's familiar to them. Because if I can't be a good Christian, I know I can be a good sinner. Y'all with me? But there's only one problem. You ain't what you used to be. That's not good English, but I'm preaching. Amen. Do you know what happened? He went back fishing. You know what else? He caught nothing. Zero. And there's nothing more frustrating to a fisherman than to catch nothing. Them old boys when I got out the boat yesterday, they said, they said, how'd you do? I said, we might not come in first, but we ain't coming in last. Amen. And Jesus sees them out in the water doing what they were supposed to have forsaken. He said, you were fishers of fish, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they left their nets and their boats, but now they've gone back to what they used to be. And guess who shows up? <laughs> be careful. Going back to what you used to be. Because you never know where God's going to show up. Or the preacher. I love going to restaurants with people who used to come here faithfully. 
and they've slid out on God and they've gotten, they've gotten distance away from God and, 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 and now that we want them drinking societies in Coleman and, and they in them restaurants and they've got their margaritas. And, and it, is, it is amazing the look that comes over their face when they're gazing across their margarita and see the rev on the other side of the wall. And I know what you're thinking, preacher, I know you show mercy. No, I don't neither. Hey, man, how you doing? It is good to see you. I'm sorry, I got, I'm carnal. What can I say? Amen. Jesus says, children, have you any meat? Don't ask a fisherman if he's caught something. If he ain't caught nothing. Because they have a tendency to get an attitude. Brother Mark, you want to give me a witness right there? Is that not true? Us fishermen don't like it when you're interrogating our fishing skills. Can you imagine them disciples in that boat? Who does he think he is? What do you mean, have we any fish? We've been fishing all night long. And then Jesus does this because he's got a sense of humor. Throw the net on the other side. Do what? We've been fishing out here all night long. We're professionals. What? Let's just humor him. And y'all know the story. They pull in all these fishes. They's like. And one of them says, now, boys, I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer. But the last time this happened, and then that moment of, of recognition, it's the Lord. Peter, I'm sorry, I'm just enjoying This is my third service doing this, and I'm going to have fun, all right? And, and he said, it's the Lord. He bails out. Why? It's hard to enjoy your margarita when you see the Lord. And, and, and by the way, by the way, I ain't seen nobody in here with no margarita. So quit looking around, all right? A bunch of investigators in here. I don't know who they think are. And he gets to Jesus. I mean, swims to shore. Don't even wait for the boat. Don't even wait for the net. Just, just then he just bails out. And then when they when they get the boats and the ships, he's there on the shore. And it's like, you know when you you know you gotta talk to somebody, but you try to avoid it by doing other stuff. He knows he needs to have a word with Jesus, but he preoccupies himself. I got to help these boys get these fish in here, you know. And here on this shore, Jesus has got a fire and bread and fish. Because I'm telling you, there's no cold like the cold you get in the boat when you're wet. Am I right? When you're on that water, it'll chill you to the bone. And Jesus has a fire set up. 
And when you're out there and you've done labored all night long and you've done fault and you've done pulled and now, I mean, it's work. You're starving to death. And he's got food. Now, if Jesus would have done like most Baptists do, what was you thinking? After all I've done for you, this is how you're going to treat me? Not only did you deny me, you went back to what you was. You know what Jesus said? Three words. Come and dine. I'm glad I have a God who sees me when I'm broken. And he doesn't lecture me. He just refreshes me. Some of y'all super spiritual Christians in here, you need to learn to shut up. Because when a person's broken, that's not the time for them to learn how much you know. Many times we just want we just want to straighten them out, and we're helping them. But when a person's broken, they don't need a lecture. According to Jesus, they need a fish sandwich. Can you read between the lines on that? They need you to feed them if they're hungry. They need you to warm them if they're cold. Maybe you, don't, maybe you need to quit criticizing and build a fire for them. Maybe you need to quit trying to straighten them out and just, just make them a sandwich. Because there's a time for everything. But Jesus remembered Peter. Jesus refreshed Peter. Then Jesus reminded Peter. Then I look. I know you done got away. I know you, you, you're broken right now. And I know you're disappointed. But I need you to feed my lambs. I need you to feed my sheep. He reminded them. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you today, you may be broken and you may have messed up. You may have failed miserably, but God's still got a plan for you. And then lastly, and I took way too much time, but lastly, he restored them. You see, in chapter number 16, he said, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. What you shall loose on heaven shall be loosed on earth. What you shall bind and on earth shall be bound in heaven. And, 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 and you know what happened? Forty days later, forty days later, Peter stands and he preaches the gospel. And he unlocks the door of salvation to the Jews in chapter number two. If you keep reading in chapter number eight, he unlocks the door of salvation and presents salvation to the, the Samaritans, which are half Jew and Gentile. If you keep reading in Acts chapter number 10, he presents the gospel and, 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 and shows the way, if you will, opens the door, turns the key for the Gentiles. Now there's no Jew and Gentile anymore. In God's eyes, it's one, the, the church, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. Preacher, what am I saying? I'm saying this. The brethren may be done with you, but God ain't. The brethren may have said you just messed up too far, too bad, too long. But Jesus said, I'm going to put you back to where I said you would be to begin with. And he restored him.
That's good. I don't care who's preaching. There's a great story in the Bible. I believe it's in Amos. I couldn't remember what it was in the first service. I just said it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Amen. And you know what happens in, 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 in a church like this? They go to Googling it. Amen. They go to looking it up. And, and I believe it's in Amos. The Bible says that the shepherd, and, and, and this is it right here. I know y'all are getting antsy, but this is it. You got to get this because this, just, this is the cherry on the top right here. The lion has come in and he has mangled the sheep. He has mangled the lamb. Just like the devil does in, in many of our lives. He comes to destroy. He plays for keeps. He don't, he don't play games. He plays for keeps. And he has mangled so many lives to the point they think it's hopeless and it's over. But according to, according to this book, the Bible says, the Bible says that the, the, the enemy, the lion, will make off with what's left of the sheep. And what's left is a piece of an ear in the leg. Not, not the meaty, fleshy part, but the leg part that's basically bone that's, I, I studied this, that's insignificant. In other words, it's the part of the sheep that's insignificant to the shepherd. And I said, Lord, why would a shepherd run down and risk his life tracking down an animal to get back something that was insignificant. And it was just as God spoke to my heart and said, Son, you got to understand, to the good shepherd, there's nothing insignificant. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. The devil may have mangled your life to the point there ain't nothing left but a piece of an ear and a little bitty leg. And you think you've got nothing else to offer God. You think the devil's done destroyed your life in the greatest way. And you think there's nothing. But let me tell you something. The good shepherd sent me to tell you today. You're still significant. You're still important. You are still a part of the plan of God and the purpose of God. And God can do more with a piece of an ear and a little leg than anybody can do with their whole body by themselves. Church, say amen. Give him praise. Give him praise and glory. Give him praise and glory. Yes, amen. <clears throat> Father, thank you for this, this day that we stand and see how, how you can restore broken things. And Lord, you can, you, can, you can put us back together and you can do what the world says you can't do. Father, I pray for those in this room right now who need to find a place in this altar as I'm speaking. Don't even wait for the music. Just come right now and say, God, make me over again. God, I'm so broken. I'm so broken. I've made so many mistakes in my life. I've done so many stupid things. But God, I'm so glad you won't throw me away. I'm so glad that you were praying for me when I wasn't even thinking about you. If you're broken today, come. Find a place in this altar and say, God, touch me. God, help me. Maybe you've been broken in the past and God has restored you. You need to come out of that pew right now and get to this altar and thank the Lord Jesus for not casting you out. Thank the Lord.
devil's just a 